1: Taryn Pritchett
2: And a pleasant good afternoon everyone. welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on WSBT radio six minutes after five o'clock on this Wednesday. August the 30th of 2023. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined by my co-host for this hour, Eric Hansen, the publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com, covering Notre Dame sports on the Rivals Network. And we have another shortened show tonight. We're out of here at 6.15 due to South Bend Cubs baseball, but we'll be talking all things Notre Dame football over the next hour here on WSBT radio you can read Eric's work at InsideIndieSports.com. had a chat today listen to a very interesting podcast you and Tyler James recorded on Chad Greer the high school coach of Notre Dame quarterback Sam Hartman and his son Will is a quarterback I think for the Dallas Cowboys or recently released at least because at least of Trey at least Lance he's going
3: to get picked up by the Bengals.
2: Okay, good for him. So that's a really interesting conversation. We're going to incorporate part of that interview in our game day program, which comes your way on Saturday. Game day sports beat brought to you by Bud Light from noon until 2.30. And then we've got a 3.30 kickoff, Notre Dame and Tennessee State here on WSBT Radio. All right. I tell you what, about 12 hours ago, I didn't think I'd be doing this show. I felt miserable i woke up this morning with a fever i was thinking about the famous line from ferris bueller's day off when cameron was in egypt's land let my cameron go remember when cameron was sick that day and yes felt I, awful that's the way i felt and i got up at 12 30 today so and i
3: feel like ferris bueller did on that very same day except like, i was, didn't have to fake being sick to
2: You kept calling me, and you kept yeah. calling me, <laughs> and I said I would go, I'm going, and, and I'm here. So, Are we going to take Bill Nye's car out for a ride? <laughs> oh, yeah, no kidding. The The yellow car sitting out in the parking lot's very, very sharp, no doubt about that. So, not at 100% today, but we will press on, and I'm just going to let you be the star, as always, of the program here. We'll talk all things Notre Dame football. As we broadcast live on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and our free WSBT radio app, we have the two-camera video shot of the studio on the Twitch app. I don't think I've sang on the program since... Remember I had to sing Meet Me in St. Louis that time on the show because I predicted something about the Cardinals and Mm -hmm. they actually did something really good and I had to sing on the show, so that was my... First time in, what, 13, 14 years of having to sing, and I apologize to all the people listening. I feel like I'm on jet lag coming from Ireland this morning. That's the way I felt. Okay, so we've got plenty to get to. I'm going to get to our hat trick of opening topics. We'll just throw out three topics to get the program started here on WSBT Radio. And this is my first chance on our program to ask you about the 42-3 Notre Dame victory over Navy in Dublin on Saturday. I've read your comments at InsideIndieSports.com, so I know what you have written. Now let's get some verbal commentary from you. So oftentimes in this spot, you will hear, well, the Irish dominated Navy, and then that dreaded word comes next. But, but it's only navy. Eric, it's just it's just navy. So, how do you argue against that statement that this performance even though it was really good, some will say, "Well, it's only navy." How do you argue against that?
3: Well, I think by first acknowledging there is a thread of legitimacy in that argument, and yet I would say mostly not. So, yeah, it's navy, it's not. USC, or it's not Ohio State. They opened against Ohio State last year. Um, But what I think you can take away from the game and feel good about if you're a Notre Dame fan or a Notre Dame coach is Marcus Freeman talks about playing to a standard. I think Notre Dame exceeded the standards on just about every level. I also think There's something to be said for in-game adjustments, not just halftime adjustments, but in-game adjustments. Notre Dame didn't adjust at halftime against Navy last year and almost got beat. Um, But the in-game adjustments were amazing. When uh, I had a chance to sit down with uh, Al Golden with the rest of the media, I always do the transcript for it for everybody, and so I'm usually there when people split up and talk to different people. So I got to ask a lot of questions and it was just super interesting to hear how much adjusting they had to do. He goes on the first drive, (laughs) on the first play. He said they came out in a formation with personnel and a play they've never seen before and they never practiced before. So again, they had principles to try to follow. But sometimes when people say, well, how could those receivers get behind them on the one pass play later in the game? You know, it's because they never saw those plays on film. You know, they they were kind of going into it blind. And so the adjustments that went on and players playing disciplined enough to play to standard rules and then apply those, I thought that was pretty impressive. And you could flip that to the defense. You're seeing a very exotic defense in terms of the pressures and the blitzes that that team does. So, and the way Sam Hartman handled that. For example, a lot of people say, well, you know, Drew Pine's um, statistics were very similar in those Stop games. <laughs> well, he Drew Pine wasn't able to adjust out of those blitzes um, and into a really good play. And so there were 35 points and 300 uh, some yards in the first half of that game. And no points in 12 yards in the second half. Now, that's not all on Pine, but it, it does illustrate the difference in what Sam Hartman's able to do at the line of scrimmage and what Drew Pine or Tyler Buckner's able to do at the line of scrimmage.
2: The one play that symbolized how Hartman can make this offense different was the second touchdown pass to Jaden Greathouse. And that's the one where he was in the pocket. Mm-hmm pocket collapse, sidestep, ran to his left, and it looked like he was going to just take off and run. But what did he do? He kept his head up. Yep. And instead of just running and picking up a few yards, which would have been a really good ending to a play that was breaking down, he found great house in the end zone for a touchdown. A lot of times you saw a guy like Ian Book take off and run, make big plays with his legs, and that's not being negative But I think that separates Sam from some of the more recent quarterbacks Notre Dame has had. He kept his head up, and he found the open guy. Did not give up on the play. And again, there's nothing wrong with running and getting extra yardage, but that's just a difference-making play from an experienced quarterback.
3: If my memory serves me right, and I may be foggy here, the other touchdown to Jaden Greathouse was on a blitz where Jeremiah Love, I think, whiffed on the block. And he still, in the face of pressure, got yep. the ball out, through a contested pass, did great house. And remember when I told you about him using his body, you saw how he yep. kind of muscled the defensive back and kept the ball away from him. So that was impressive, too. When we're speaking of the blitz, Darren, this was a great stat. And I got to give Pete Sampson yep. credit for this, because he's the one that tweeted it out first. Then I said, oh. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. So how many times did Navy
2: blitz when Notre Dame was in a pass play? Oh, I think I have the answer to that. Hold on one second here. Let me get it for you. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. And how many completions did he have? Oh, now you're really testing me, aren't you? All right. I can give you that answer, so i got to push an extra button here to make it happen magically. Nine times.
0: Nine times.
2: Nine
3: times. <laughs> that's amazing. If you had one for the yardage, we'd do that <laughs> too. But <laughs> it wasn't nine yards. <sighs> so, I mean, that that's what you're getting. So, yeah, the the defenses are going to get tougher. Not this week. Although t- Tennessee State, their better suit is their defense. Their stronger suit is their defense. But, but for a first game, and again, Sam is still getting used to you know, playing under center when he's required to. Different footwork, different offensive system, different personnel, different uniform, different NIL deals. Uh, and so I, I thought for a first game, that's about as well as it can go. One penalty in the whole game for Notre Dame.
2: Oftentimes when Notre Dame takes on a triple option team, normally Navy at times, Army and Air Force There might be one or two players on the defense who may not have as big of a role on the defense against more traditional offenses, but against triple option, they seem to be a perfect fit and are a big part of the defensive performance. You look at this particular team, it was basically the guys you're counting on against conventional offenses making the plays in this game. Eric, there wasn't that mystery guy that all of a sudden shows up and plays linebacker and has 11 tackles. This was the main guys. And I love the fact that look at the depth that showed up in this game. Nine different defensive linemen had 14 or more snaps in the ball game. You had all the corners. You had five safeties getting repetitions. And I think the great thing was, Because that defense, with all the different parts giving up three points, A, Al Golden had a terrific game plan, B, the starters executed it at a high level, and C, the message did not get lost deeper down the depth chart because those players, even some that maybe got five, six, seven snaps, still were able to execute the plan at such a high-level Navy with, Less than 200 rushing yards, only three points. You cannot ask for anything more from a defense. You could have sang that too. Really?
3: You could ask for anything more. That's a song. Um, anyways, <laughs> I, I agree with you there. I think there are people you didn't see as much of. Ben Morrison didn't start. Yeah. Um, two of the safeties that I think are going to show up in packages Antonio Carter and Thomas Harper, Harper the Nickel. I think you'll see Antonio Carter as the Aztec sometimes, and um, those guys didn't get a ton of action in this game because you know you weren't defending three wide, three and four wide receivers, um, so they'll rise to the occasion. I also think you didn't see Drake Bowen and Jaden Osbury, the freshman linebackers, on defense, some right. on special teams, but I think we'll see more of them this weekend But you're right, there wasn't this, how did this, you know, this guy get 13 tackles or whatever. So it was uh, Jack Kaiser, you know, he was in the interviews last night. It'll be interesting to see now that Notre Dame is going to play a lot of two-linebacker, how Jalen Sneed gets on the field, how Jack Kaiser gets on the field. Because Maris Leofau had gotten passed by by Jack Kaiser then Maris Leofaus surged back and had a had the best game I can remember him having at Notre Dame um, against Navy.
2: At times, I know it's difficult to see everything off a television feed. But am I right? Was Kaiser almost lined up as a safety a few times? On some times okay. he was. Yes. So I was not seeing things. Yeah, you were not. Seeing things. Yep. Okay. That. All right. Next up on our hat trick of opening topics, Eric Hansen, Darren Pritchett with you, Sportsbeat on WSBT Radio. So, Eric, what is still on your checklist for things that you need to find out about this Irish team so eventually you could type into your computer, this is an elite team? Right. So,
3: I have, for people that have listened to me for a while, they're probably going to say it along with me. But... Um, there's five metrics and when you look at championship teams and i've charted this over decades Mm -hmm. but it really became most relevant at the start of the bcs era which is 1998. And and these show up constantly in the champions and even teams that play for championships it's teams that excel in rush offense pass efficiency rush defense total defense and turnover margin almost every national champion is really good at least four of those. Usually five, very very occasionally they're really good at three and okay at two. It's, it's very seldom that you'd see them bad at, at at those things and when you look at the 2012 Notre Dame team that made the um, national championship that was still to this day the worst ranked pass efficiency team that's ever made a championship game in the BCS wow. playoff era. By far, they were like 73rd or 74. So you've had teams with not very good offenses win, but but were carried because they were efficient with at least with their passing, where they could at least run the ball. They were good in the defensive categories and not turning it over. Almost now you need a dynamic offense to pair with that. And people say, well, gosh, Georgia, I mean – uh, Stetson Bennett, yeah he was he was an elite pass efficiency guy, he wasn't prolific in his passing but he was one of the top 10 passers in terms of efficiency
2: you know when we get to the NC State game I'm really curious to see what Al Golden has to do if he can't get a pass rush Does he have to get creative, bring extra hats to get pressure on Brennan Armstrong? We're not going to know truly about the pass rush against Navy or Tennessee State. I have a feeling there's going to be probably a couple of defensive linemen meeting at the quarterback often in Saturday's game. That's going to look good. But once we get by these first two games, Eric, the one piece of the puzzle I'm really curious to see And I know it doesn't necessarily show up in your metrics, but it does factor into total defense and maybe turnover margin. If you get enough pressure on the quarterback. Absolutely. Out of a base look, is the pass rush going to be good enough, or is it going to take blitz packages in order to put pressure on the quarterback? And as we've talked about a couple of times already here on the show, when you got two corners – Like Hart and Morrison, it offers you the opportunity and the comfort level knowing that you can go after the quarterback with extra hats because those guys you feel like can lock down the opposition. So for me, if we want to get this football team to elite status, everything has to continue to percolate. But that pass rush, didn't learn about it necessarily in the Navy game, won't this week. That'll be, I guess, start to be uncovered when the Irish take on NC State.
3: Right. NC State last year was 56th in sacks allowed, so that's kind of the middle of the pack. Central Michigan wasn't very good. Either Tennessee State was bad as an FCS team. Ohio State was 7th. They've got some new linemen, but Ohio State Duke were pretty good. Notre Dame's going to see some good you know, offensive lines in terms of protection. You're right about it showing up in other stats. You think about sacks. That's going to show up in your run defense because that's, that's true. added in there. Yeah. It's going to show up in your total defense and your right and turnover margin because you create havoc. So yeah, we're going to learn a lot about that. I asked Al Golden. I mean, I think he was pretty happy that they um that Notre Dame got two sacks when Navy only had six pass attempts and then two more eight given that they were sacked on sure. those plays. So I mean, one out of every four pass attempts, I think he'd take that ratio any day. Uh, but um, I think given their scheme, the other thing that really helps Darren is that Notre Dame has the kind of cornerbacks that you can trust to be able to cover and not worry as much about getting creative with um, bringing linebackers. And it won't be just in blitzes. We'll see different personnel. I, I just think Jalen Sneed and Maris Leif Leofauer are going to be really integral in, in as far as pass rush goes.
2: Our third and final hat trick of opening topics to get Sportsbeat rolling for this Wednesday evening. How about interior defensive line play? How well did that group grade out against Navy? Of course, we're talking about a guy like Riley Mills, one of these centerpieces of the interior of the defensive line.
3: Yeah, I, I, th- I mean, I know... Al was, ha- Golden was happy with them, you know, from a uh, grade standpoint. The whole defense graded out pretty well. Um, to hold Navy to half of what it typically averages in a game for r- rushes. And then you think about in the first drive, I think Navy averaged like six yards of play. And then it was two yards per play the rest of the game. I mean, again, that's great adjustment. That's not just the defensive line, but but they certainly played into it. Um, so, again, good start. Um, and, you know, then you'll learn a little bit more playing a conventional offense this week, and you'll learn even more when you play uh, a team with Brennan Armstrong as the quarterback with his old offensive coordinator. Right. Uh, reunited so you'll even learn more about them but I think it's good because it gives them a chance to have to start out against Ohio State or have to start out against a team with an elite offensive line is a really tough ask this kind of gives you a chance to kind of grow through your mistakes without them really showing up and hurting you.
2: One negative to come out of the Navy game was the injury to defensive lineman Gabe Rubio Knee injury. Marcus Freeman says he's going to miss a couple of weeks. How do you think Rubio's injury affects the depth chart in that front? Is there a player that moves up a spot that might see a little bit more playing time against Tennessee State?
3: What they did in the immediacy of him going down was they plugged Donovan Heinish into that spot, a sophomore, um, and he played – five snaps and Donovan will be a consideration as will Aiden, Kiana, Ina. You also have some other players that give you some flexibility. Do you want, do you want to move Tyson Ford up and play him more defensive tackle than slide Jason Anye over back to nose guard where he was practicing last year. He can play both positions. So I think they're in a good position to absorb this for even if it goes a little bit longer than two weeks. Um, I'd like to kind of follow up on that, but again, and talking with Al Golden, the vibe I got from him last night was he didn't see this as a long-term injury. That, you know, because sometimes Marcus will go, "Oh, so and so got hurt in practice," and then all of a sudden, and they're out for the year, or they're out, <laughs> you know, for six weeks. So he's not always that that initial injury report isn't always as detailed when Marcus talks to the media. But he he kind of brought it up. It wasn't yeah. somebody asked about it. But I think they're going to be good to go. But Gabe Rubio is improving so much, it would be, I think, if you're Notre Dame, you feel much better having him when you start to hit Ohio State, Duke, Louisville, USC stretch.
2: Eric Hansen, the publisher, editor at InsideIndieSports.com. I'm Darren Pritchett, Beat on WSBT Radio at 528. We'll keep the Irish football conversation going. Coming up next, we will mix in some commentary from offensive coordinator Jared Parker, who watched his offense put up 42 points against the midshipmen on Saturday. Hope you'll stick around. Plenty more sports beat to come on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: Notre Dame football coverage continues now.
4: Gives to Estime, he leaps at the one and goes over the strike. Touchdown, Notre Dame.
1: Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Hartman keeps it, runs it up the middle, bulldozing to the end zone, and he's in. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
2: Close snap, hands off inside
1: to Estime, 10-5, he'll get there. Touchdown, Notre Dame. 5.33
2: 5.33 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com, and VR-free WSBT radio app. Eric and I right now live on the Twitch app with a two-camera shot. Hello, friends. We've got plenty more to get to on Sports Beat tonight. Even though we're off the air at 6.15, we're going to spend some time narrowing in on the Fighting Irish offense that had a terrific debut on Saturday against Navy. You look at the rushing attack, 32 carries, 191 yards, two touchdowns, six yards per carry. The passing attack led by Sam Hartman, 19 of 23 for 251, four touchdowns, no interceptions and no sacks. You had 10 different players targeted by Notre Dame quarterbacks. And the ball game led by Jaden Thomas and Chris Tyree with four. Then you had Jaden Greathouse, Dion Colsey, and Jabron Payne each with three. So that's kind of what I expected coming into the year. Sam Hartman was going to throw the football to a lot of different individuals. I didn't ever feel like, Eric, there was going to be a receiver that was going to make 60 catches. I just felt like it was going to be spread out. Now, maybe this is just one game. Maybe it'll look different later on in the year, but... This is how I sort of visualized Sam Hartman, that the ball was going to go a lot of different directions. Well, and I think Jared Parker was most happy about that all those
3: people that were in that distribution list all were wearing the same uniform as Sam Hartman. That's always
2: (laughs) Yes, that's a major positive. Major positive. And here was Coach Parker talking to the media. Just some general thoughts on his offense and their performance, which led to 42 points against the midshipmen
4: you know anytime you come out and and you're as efficient as we were um, certainly the efficiency of our drives and then the operation and our no pre-snap penalties and low penalties except for one in space um, and no turnovers you 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 start to look at that and say that you're very pleased with our start. certainly not a finished product and we have a long way to go and our guys know that but to come out of that first game and play in that way um, you certainly have to be pleased uh, for our players
2: Well, that was Jared Parker's first game as a play caller for the Fighting Irish. And I know you documented to our listeners that Coach Freeman made sure there was time in fall practice where Parker had opportunities to call plays and get into a rhythm. Well, that game could not have started out any better. Five drives five touchdowns, you build an early lead, you put Navy's offense in a bind. They were not going to probably come back from down 21 points with the style of offense they play. I know last year they almost accomplished that. But different year, different Notre Dame football team. And I really felt like that Jared had a really good plan coming into this game. Navy will show you some different things that you don't see the rest of the year. Now, were there corners playing off? Yeah, but you know what? Notre Dame took advantage of it. That's the positive. Yep. I thought he had a good good first performance call in place. I thought he did, too,
3: and um, I thought the combination of then Sam Hartman being at the line of scrimmage and being another coach on the field and yes, being able indeed. to change plays was big. I'll, I'll read you. This was not in the package of uh, quote, or sound bites you would have gotten because this was right. upstairs with the Print and internet people, but he was asked about uh, what he felt like calling his first series and his first game as a play caller at Notre Dame. And this is, I thought, a pretty good quote. He goes, "I'd be lying if I didn't say there were nerves and certain thoughts just because of the expectations of this place, and really, an allegiance to our players and our staff. You want to be, you want to do a good job for everybody. I want to make your guys's job fun. Meaning the media, we love that." And it sure is hell a lot of fun when we do what we did and play the way we played for everybody. I get that. We all get that. So I I think the pressure is good. And then he went about saying, you know, handling the pressure the right way. But I thought that was interesting They he admitted to the pressure. He didn't say, oh,
2: no, this is a piece of cake. Eric, if you are a first-time play caller at Augustana College, yeah. you're going to have those same feelings. You're going to be nervous because you're in an uncomfortable spot the group of young men on the offensive side of the football are looking to you to provide them the opportunity to have a great day of football. So whether you're at Augustana college or Notre Dame, the first time you're really in that big chair, it's got to be a little intimidating. So the fact that he had nerves, I appreciate the fact he was honest about that, but he's got a really good quarterback to lean on. You got two great offensive tackles. I mean, As a play caller, when you got two tackles and a quarterback, let alone everything else, that gives you a pretty good opportunity to get off to a a really, really good start. Amen. Okay, now Sam Hartman, as we mentioned, 19 of 23 for 251 and for touchdowns. Here is Coach Parker on his veteran quarterback who looked really, really comfortable in his new offense.
4: Yeah, I think, um, you know, we'd be a fool not to say that we were pretty pleased with how he performed. Um, but, I, but I will say I thought he was very poised. Uh, the staff did. Uh, he, he handled a lot of movement looks and got us in and out of some good and bad plays. Um, and it was very efficient with how he threw the football and, and just looked very grounded. And I thought that was a testament to Geno and the rest of our staff putting ourselves in a position to practice our plays the right way and make them go. So very pleased with the first game from him and certainly plays like a boys veteran.
2: I first want to say this. I'm becoming very impressed with Gino Gadulli. Yeah. You think about what he did with Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati, turned him into an NFL starting quarterback, and of course, without Ritter, Cincinnati probably does not go to the playoff that one year. Ritter looked really good. And even putting aside his quarterback coaching abilities, which I'm very impressed with, Eric, I love the fact that from a recruiting standpoint, he is not afraid to chase after the elite quarterback. If they say no, you know what, so what? But I think we got into a bit of a bad groove for a couple of years around here where we settled for quarterbacks rather than going for that shooting star.
3: A couple of years?
2: Well, I'm trying to be nice. Okay. Let's just put it this way. There probably were – well, okay, let me be blunt. There were much better options than Pine and Buckner – that Notre Dame could have gone after, including a kid that's starting at Michigan right now. But it just seemed like the quarterback coach then settled and didn't like to go for that ultimate guy. Now, maybe he thought he could turn anyone into a superstar. I don't know. I'm not in his head. Right. But we're not going to have to worry about that anymore with Godouli, because just in the few months he's recruited here, he's going after guys that might be obvious to go to – a certain place because they're in the backyard of that school, that's not stopping him from pursuing right. them.
3: Right. Uh, I think Marcus's influence is there too. Um, because, and he
2: affected Tommy Reese too at yeah, the end. All yeah. of a sudden Tommy's standard yeah. went up.
3: Right, right. But, but yeah, Gino and, – and the thing that I really like about – because I talk to Tom Lemming a lot who's been doing this recruiting thing since we were all in diapers. <laughs> um, but Tom, you know – talks to Gino quite a bit, and Gino sees so many quarterbacks, not just the guys that come to his camp, not just the film of certain guys. I mean, he really is exhaustive in terms of his research uh, with, with quarterbacks. That's why when, again, we think that Notre Dame has a pretty good chance with Deuce Knight, who's in Nashville, was in Mississippi, but when they were... You know, maybe getting some vibes of Deuce Knight. Maybe not ready to make a decision for a while. At one point, they got involved with uh, Bear Bachmeyer from California. What well, Gino had already seen all the quarterbacks in California in that class and elsewhere in the country, and so he was—he already had a relationship. He had already had contact. So yeah, he's very, very thorough. But. What he's done with Sam Hartman is beyond, you know, helping him with the playbook is those under center plays. I mean, Sam hadn't done those since high school and, um, you know, getting that footwork right with that and getting away from certain tendencies and sure. so forth and making it natural. Those are all part of the relationship with Gino Gadulli and Sam Hartman. And they're almost the same age. Just kidding.
2: <laughs> Cadoley's got a good arm. Yeah, he does. Very strong arm. He's Eric Hansen. I'm Darren Pritchett. Beat on WSBT Radio. 17 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. Two new starting offensive linemen debuted against the United States Naval Academy. Pat Coogan at left guard. Rocco Spindler at right guard. Harris Parker on those two and the offensive line in general.
4: Uh, same. You know, I think uh, they all, all five offensive linemen met the mark. I think Rocco um, did a great job in the as well. And those guys uh, playing in their first big, big game and meaningful reps in that long of a game, they certainly answered the bell. And that's going to be something we'll have to uh, challenge all of them to each and every week.
2: You said there's room for improvement. What did you see those type of, you know, spaces that you can improve? Well, too much.
4: yeah, sure. I mean, I, you know, more than anything, I think like the details of our work and just continuing to tighten up what we're doing in perimeter blocking, right? up front and finishing blocks, our footwork, like it's all tiny things that add up to big moments. Now, a lot of those moments happen because of those things too. Um, the beauty is I thought we played as an offense. I thought we played really hard and we certainly want the people, and the fans of Notre Dame and um, our guys, we want, we want guys and people out there to see how hard we play. And I thought we did that. So that was uh, something really
2: good Jared Parker, the offensive coordinator on the offensive line. I thought Tyler James, your colleague at InsideIndySports.com, did a very nice piece on the debut of Coogan and Spindler. And he showed that you know, Coogan had his ups and downs in that first game. One thing that stood out to me watching Spindler, he, he pulled a couple of times, and, man, he is quick to the outside. He is physical. And I think the Irish have found themselves quite a right guard in Rocco Spindler. And, and I thought they played better than my expectations coming into that first game, knowing how Navy did a lot of good things up against them last year. But as we always said, the but, now the Irish have a quarterback where Navy can't just sit on that running game.
3: That That's absolutely true. Um... In the run blocking, they all five graded out pretty well, all five starters. Um, the interesting thing was when you and Notre Dame run ran as according to Pro Football Focus's film reviews, about as much zone blocking as gap blocking. And everybody had a similar split except for Rocco's. His was a reverse split. Hmm. He was the guy that was a better gap blocker than and markedly so than a zone blocker. So really? it was interesting. Hmm. And it'll be interesting to see in time whether that holds up. But just that one little one-game trend was interesting. Pass blocking, they didn't get as good of grades as their running blocking, and some of that was Navy's pressures, blitzing, stunning, and things of that nature.
2: Do you think their blitzing and stunting force Parker to use more 12 personnel, or do you think that might be a big part of the Irish offense – throughout this 2023 season? I think it coaxed him to
3: use more 12 personnel. (laughs) I think it's still going to be on the menu. It's just not going to be the entree um, that it was with Tommy Reese, because I think the talent at wide receiver is really good and getting better. Not, Not that the talent, but you don't have Michael Mayer this year and, you also don't have the depth, maybe, of tight ends until you get Eli Reardon in the mix, too. You're you know, your Davis Sherwood is your third tight end, um, and Cooper Flanagan, is a true freshman, is sure. your fourth tight end right now. But they used all of them, uh, or, or they used at least three of them in the um, the goal line play with Audric Estime yeah. and an extra tackle. They had uh, they had Tosh Baker in on that play. So, that
2: was kind of Tommy (laughs) Reese-ish. Mitchell Evans felt left out, right? (laughs) I should take the snap. Well, you mentioned wide receiver position in your comments right there. Here is Coach Parker on that group.
4: We just, you know, I hate to say I, we we just want those guys as every position just to continue to expect more from themselves and grow. Um, It was not a heavy conflict game, if you will, to line of scrimmage, so there's going to be weeks that we're going to get – heavy conflict the line of scrimmage, and those are the ones where we're going to have our guys prepared because those days are coming, and we're just putting ourselves in a position where we want our guys to compete every rep to win whatever it is in the block and, and pass base.
2: That was a very important point, in my opinion, that Parker made. This was a non-combat game for the wide receivers at the line of scrimmage. Navy had to respect those wide receivers. They played off, but down the line, a.k.a., for example, against an Ohio State when you're going to have that hand battles at the line of scrimmage. you got to be able to be physically strong, come off that, and get into your route as quick as possible, gain separation. So the game is definitely going to be a whole lot different. It was a good way to start. Notre Dame took advantage of that. And I'm really curious to see in this game against Tennessee State, does the coaching staff Figure out a way to get Tobias Merriweather the football early because that wasn't the start he wanted against Navy. Two targets, no catches, just seemed to disappear in that game. And if he is truly a guy that Notre Dame needs to stand out this year, to me, you got to figure out a way to get the ball in his hands so no negativity starts to get between the ears for him.
3: Well, and, and, we saw that a little we've seen that with receivers in the past at different points where it, it gets to be above the eyebrows and um I did think it was gonna be a mental adjustment for Tobias getting in this year. Do you need to get him catches early? I think that would be good. But you also want Sam Hartman to stay in that flow of oh, sure. seeing who's open. You know, nobody got a lot of targets in that game. Jaden Thomas had four. Nobody else had more than three. Tobias had two. One he dropped. One was kind of an overthrow. So, um, you know, but but I think once he has a game where he has some early success, um, that's going to be a good thing for him. It got mental last year with Lorenzo Styles. I mean, definitely. Yeah to the point he doesn't play wide receiver anymore. He plays cornerback, and he plays at a different school, so um, Ohio State, but I think Tobias will get it together. I think he's got good support. I've seen this with players of his profile before, when they go from that phenom where everybody wants you to get on the field and everybody (laughs) loves you, to now you're really being counted on, and everybody's gonna pick your game apart, whether you had eight catches or two. So I just think that's a, a stage, a right of passage that he has to go through.
2: Yeah, I didn't mean like Drew Pine forcing it to Michael Mayer last, <laughs> last year. I don't mean, hey, we got to get him the football. But if there is a way on a reverse just to get the ball in his hands, yeah. make something positive or play action and you send him well, down the field I mean, and the, if he's open, hit him.
3: The pass that
2: he dropped was an easy one. I, I mean, know. It was a gimme. So. I know. That's, that's why – Do something positive for him. If you can get the ball in his hands early, great. Now, don't force it. But sometimes just when you have a great shooter and they're 0 for 8 from the field, what's a good way to get them back into a rhythm? Get them to the free throw line. See Mm -hmm. the ball go through the hoop. That's what I'm thinking for Tobias. Get that pigskin in his hands. Positive play, and then hopefully some good things will be built upon one or two plays in this game. And Notre Dame is not going to have to wait for a tough press
3: matchup. NC State will give them that. NC State is the best pass defense Mm -hmm. on the schedule from last year. Now, are they going to be as good this year? We'll see. But they
2: were 12th in the country in pass efficiency defense last year. Picked off Hartman six times the last two games. That's noticeable. And their corners, I think both are back, if I remember correctly. So interesting little matchup but again new offense new personnel probably a different story for hartman against nc state this time around and just one other thought from me chris tyree looked very good as a wide receiver in that game wasn't a spectacular performance but when called upon he was able to make a play for this football team i'm just really curious to see as we move forward and again you know where i'm going ohio state do you have a seven-man rotation at wide receiver? I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that on tomorrow's program, but right now you got a bunch of guys that are fighting for playing time, and this is as competitive as a wide receiver room that we can remember around these parts. Well, and again, I think you know a lot of people are critical about Notre Dame
3: playing Tennessee State. Take advantage of it. Uh, Tennessee State, again, their better suit was defense. They were better – Against defense, but play all those guys. See what you have because sometimes guys are better in games than they are in practice. And uh, maybe Deion Colsey is one of those. Somebody asked me if he didn't like practice. I, I was,
2: saw that. I, I was like, okay. <laughs> well, quick, going to the bar. <laughs> Colsey, three targets, three catches for 45 yards and a touchdown against the midshipman. He's Eric Hansen, the publisher, editor at InsideIndieSports.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. We'll come back with our Twitter slash X question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
1: I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. Notre Dame football coverage continues now.
4: Uh, here at Notre Dame, to have a chance to play these kind of teams, you have an opportunity to jump up and and maybe in some ways be a spoiler.
1: Budweiser's weekday sports beat. We're talking about Stanford. Yep, you want to ask me a question about Stanford? I'm all ears. I'll pass. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
4: And most of the football players who chose USC over UCLA because it's easier to spell.
2: Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat brought to you by Budweiser. For 13 years, Folds of Honor and Budweiser have provided life changing scholarships to military families. Join United Beverage in raising a bud to raise funds military families by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger now with three locations to serve you Barnaby's the family Inn. by the food bank of northern Indiana hunger is a story we can end find out how at feedindiana.org Bethel University's adult and graduate studies visit betheluniversity.edu slash solid ground for details by South Bend Orthopedics trusted in the community for 75 years By Legacy Heating and Air, by the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future, and by Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience.
1: This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
2: You can find my Twitter. X question of the day each weekday at 960 sportsbeat so now let's move along to yesterday's question which was do you like Notre Dame playing football versus an FCS school that's going to happen for the first time in program history on Saturday when the Irish take on Tennessee State University So before I give the results, Eric, how would you vote? Mine was a conditional vote,
3: but I voted yes. Uh, Given that the fact the team's coming back from Ireland, that it's a, you know, Eddie George is the coach and it's a team with a cool
2: band, I'm okay with it. So I said, yeah. Okay. 50.8% said no. 49.2% said yes. I think there was a one vote difference yesterday, believe it or not. So just a very tiny, tiny advantage for the nose. Okay. I think a lot of that has to do with the traditionalists. Because, Eric... Well, I mean, if we were all traditionalists, we wouldn't have flush toilets in the
3: stadium, but... (laughs)
2: But what did we go through? And I respect tradition. Remember when Brian Kelly broke the news on our show back in the day that field turf was coming to Notre Dame Stadium? Yes, and then they tried to walk back. <laughs> yes. And the outcry. But you know what? Everybody's forgotten. Yeah. Now it's, you know what? When the the Irish come out in November, you don't have to worry about the field being in bad shape. We all move on. The video board was going to end the world. Yeah. And even though I still don't think they use it as well as they could in getting the fans all riled up during right. the game, it's been a major plus. And those people have now forgot they complained about that. This would fall under the same category. It'll well,
3: Night games, too. I mean, they went a long That's time right. between night games. And now they're cool.
2: And now we go to bowl games every year. It's That's a wonderful right. thing. It's yeah. a wonderful thing. Okay. Today's question, you, you can vote on right now at 960 Sportsbeat. Do you like the new college football rule where the clock doesn't stop when an offense picks up a first down unless you run out of bounds or in the final two minutes of each half? So the answers are yes, I like the clock running. No, I like the old way. I don't like the clock running. So you can vote on that particular question. Tonight and through the morning, we'll have the results for you tomorrow. And Eric will give his answer on tomorrow's program. Probably there could have been a third answer. Meh. Doesn't matter to me. Meh. I think last weekend it showed not that many more plays were run. And it didn't affect the time of games that much. It was very minimal, if it, I remember it, correctly. It, it didn't. There
3: were, there were only seven games, so we had a small sample size It changed the average length of the game three minutes. But again, only seven games. But six of those games were three hours and 15 minutes or longer. The Notre Dame-Navy game was two hours and 50 minutes.
2: Well, baseball got it right. Baseball is a lot more enjoyable now, cutting down on time.
3: Yeah, I mean, there are the, the, um, the ghost man thing and the extra innings I thought I would hate and I don't hate it, and the pitch clock, I'm not against, and a lot of the things, I actually kind of think the DH is
2: okay. Like I said for many years, as a diehard fan, I have strong opinions, but if the average show likes baseball more by making these changes, I'm all for it, and that's why I've been okay with it.
3: I'm okay with not playing 19 innings.
2: I am as well. Yeah. All right, so that is our Twitter question of the day. You can vote right now at 960 SportsBeat, And we wrap up the hour by finding out from Eric what you will find when you type in InsideIndieSports.com into your computer or tablet or phone, whatever the case may be. What
3: you will find is the... Transcript from the live chat today. Lots of great questions today. Tyler James has a couple pieces up. Uh, you have Jack, a feature on Jack Kaiser, linebacker, his film analysis. You mentioned that earlier of Rocco Spindler and Pat Coogan. Uh, we have um, transcripts from all the coordinators from last night. That's um, behind a paywall. So if you're a subscriber, you get that. Some of those other stories are not. And always podcast, football never sleeps, and probably a picture of Darren somewhere.
2: Hopefully, not from today's show. (laughs) (laughs) A little pasty today. All right. Good to talk to you, my friend. We will try it again tomorrow. Sounds great. Eric will be back tomorrow at five o'clock here on Sports Radio 960. WSBT a sports update coming up again we're done at 6:15 tonight due to South Bend Cubs baseball on Sports Radio 960 WSBT